Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everybody welcome back to the mid-american bandwagon podcast episode 85 coming to you live tonight zach Folador here joined with my partner in crime zach and fanuenzi fancy an interesting week in sports this week we had the we had the uh usfl draft uh the reboot of the usfl coming back from the 80s i'm sitting here in my pittsburgh maulers hoodie we got to get you a michigan panthers hat or something you know, I was looking online and they got some nice ones there. And, uh, you know, one thing I'm interested in is I, I know this year they're playing in Birmingham, but next year, if they, they need a place to play, you know, I think EMU should offer up where I nearest in state stadium, the factory. And, ah. uh, you know, it, it, it says Michigan. It doesn't say the Detroit Panthers. So, and, and Ypsilanti's just outside of Metro Detroit. So let's make that happen. Hey, I could get behind that for sure. We might have to get a, a hashtag going or something, do a little Twitter Twitter campaign, see if we can make that happen. Anyway, though, we're not here to talk about the USFL, although I did see we did have a couple uh, mid-American players get uh, get drafted. Your guy, Terry Myrick, Eastern Michigan, got drafted there. So a lot yeah, of... Uh, uh, real quick, I'd like to talk about Terry Myrick. Terry yeah. Myrick will be a... You know, I mean, uh, the Michigan Panthers drafted him. He will be a future captain uh, either in the USFL are in the NFL. He is a tremendous person, um, well upbringing, um, well-spoken young man, works very hard, um, you know, was involved in a lot at EMU. And uh, I'm very happy for him. Couldn't be uh, more happy for, you know, hardly any other student athlete. You know, good to see that happen for him. Love to hear that. That's awesome. It's good when good things happen to good people. Best of luck to, to Terry as he starts his pro career well i believe the usfl kicks off down in april i believe down in birmingham so gotta wait about two months uh we'll be able to see uh see those teams take the field which will be definitely be interesting to see anyway though there was a lot going on in the mac these last so last week if you you folks will recall we did uh the baseball season preview so we did not have a chance to talk about hoops last week vansy we got a lot to catch up on here two weeks uh, right in the thick of things uh, as the conference uh title race or regular season title race is heating up I should say. And uh, let's take a look first off. Let's let's just start off the conversation here on the men's side, Vancy. Let's take a look at the standings, kind of recalibrate ourselves here, because uh, you look, take a look at it. It seemed a couple weeks ago like Toledo and Ohio were, were kind of starting to separate a little bit. But all of a sudden you look now, they're both tied for first still, but at 14 and three. Kent State only one game behind them, uh, 13 and four. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. And then you got Buffalo right behind Kent State as well, 11 and four. And uh, let's let's start there, Vanzi. Though you talk about two teams that are kind of making their move, kind of turning it on when the time is right. Kent State, nine-game win streak. Buffalo, seven-game win streak. These two teams are hitting their stride at the right time. Josh Mbala and Jonathan Williams playing very well for Buffalo right now. Sincere Carey playing at an unbelievable level for Kent State. These are two teams right now, Vanzi. I, I would not want anything to do with either of these two teams in Cleveland. 
No, and you know, we I had kind of said all season that I thought Buffalo was better than what we were seeing, and now we're starting to see that round in the form. And you know, it's yes, it's a marathon, but once you get to March in a league like the Mid American Conference, it's a sprint. You just need to get to Cleveland, and then you need to win in Cleveland to get to the NCAA tournament. And really, for a MAC school, a MAC championship in a in a NCAA tournament bid, that's the the pie in the sky. So I think Buffalo's in a very good position with that. But Kent State, Rob Senderoff has done a tremendous job. Uh, there was times where you could write them off. You know, it looked like it was going to be a long season. But this is the Kent State mo. I believe they've done it twice where they're just kind of a, you know, second, third best team in the Mac, and then they get to Cleveland, and then they go on the run. Now, are they making the run earlier this year? I mean, nine in a row, that's an impressive total against some good teams. They're playing good basketball. They've come a long way. Um, I think both of these teams, I mean, obviously, you know, you can kind of really just go, you know, Kent State, Buffalo, Toledo, Ohio, you know, and, and, and not in that order. You know, I still think Toledo's probably number one, but those are your top four teams. And it, it would be hard to pick against any of them on any given night. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because now you look at the standings here, these top four, and it seems as, you know, if, if Kent State and Buffalo can keep playing the way that they're playing, there's just, you know, fractions separating each of those teams in the top four. And those margins are going to be so slim. I, would, I really, really hope. I mean, I, you love to see a good upset or a good underdog Cinderella story in a conference tournament. But, man, can you imagine semifinals if, if those top four seeds all make it there? Kent State, Ac- or Kent State, Buffalo, Toledo, and Ohio there in the semifinals on uh, on Friday night in Cleveland. Man, that would be pretty fantastic to see. But, you know, you look at Kent State, though, Vanzi, you know, you mentioned them playing against some tough competition here over these last couple of weeks. I mean, they had that three-game run at Akron, at Toledo, and then Ohio at home. Three, like, I mean, incredible victories. That last second win at Akron, they go to Toledo and really kind of run the rocket, you know, kind of, uh, they're defensively, I should say, they, they shut down the Rockets in that game. And then, on uh, Friday night last week, Vanzi, just run Ohio out of the gym. Kent State up 45 to 15 at halftime of that game. So, I mean, three straight wins against three, arguably the three best three, you know, I'd put Akron in that top group as well. Uh, three of the best uh, teams in the conference. Then they follow that up with a, you know, 93 point performance against Ball State uh, on Tuesday night. So, you know, this, this Kent State team, you, you mentioned Vanzi, they've done it before. What was it? I believe 2017, they, they, they stole a bid. Uh, from Akron that year in the conference tournament. So yeah, these, these two teams, uh, Kent, Kent state and Buffalo, uh, these to me, I, you know, I got to give you credit for Buffalo Vans because I think you've been more, st- you know, steadfast on them than I have, but you've been proven correct. I mean, you said it, you just, you figure with a team like this, the way the talent they have, they're eventually going to put it together. And it's really just kind of happened for them these last two weeks. Yeah, that culture and the depth, you know, and I mean, you know, they've gone for, you know, from Nate Oates to, to White Sale there and, and, you know, really kind of kept a lot of the same scheme. And, you know, they just had so much depth and so many pieces. You could take so many guys off of that team, you know, their third or fourth or fifth best guy would be, you know, some Mac teams, the best guy. And then, you know, or at least some of the higher level ones, it'd be the second best guy. So when you have that kind of depth and you can kind of roll with some different guys and then you have somebody like, you know, Ambala and, and Williams who can take over, you know, that really kind of, 
you know, it's hard to stop all those guys and say, do, and, you know, I mean, I could go on and on. So I'm not surprised to see Buffalo where they're at. They have that culture now in that system, um, you know, where yearly, and, and I think Kent States to that point too, with Senderoff, where those two schools, they expect to win. They expect to be in Cleveland. They expect to make a run once they get to Cleveland. And we're seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. So going to be really interesting these last couple of weeks to see how that top four plays out. If, if, you know, Kent state only game behind them there with, uh, with uh, three games to play. So they, they have an outside shot to, to, to pass on them up. So, so we'll see how the, the last uh, two weeks play out there at the top of the standings. The next thing I want to look out here is down towards the bottom of the standings, because there is still some intrigue here. As you all know, the top eight teams in the standings make the Mac tournament in Cleveland. So right now we got, you know, Kent, I'm sorry. We got Eastern Michigan and Bowling Green tied for 10th, both five and 12. We got Miami in seventh at uh, six and 10. So we have a game and a half separating uh, seven from 11 or six from 11, I should say. So, um, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Seven from 11, seven from 11. So we got four teams here, basically Vansy or five teams, I should say, Miami, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, Bowling Green, Eastern Michigan, all battling for those final two spots. What do you see there? I mean, each of these teams have three, some have four games left. Uh, what do you think? Who do you see as coming in in those last two spots in seventh and eighth seed when we uh, get to Cleveland? Well, I, I just want to give a, a shout out to Western Michigan, who has locked up, uh, you know, last in the, in the conference. Gotta <laughs> Got to get them on here. But man, what a, just what a mess. I mean, it is, you yeah. know, like, you know, it would be great for those organizations, those schools to get another game and to get the chance to go to Cleveland, but the divide from the top of the conference, I mean, you know, I got the standings up here and, you know, you got Akron at 11 and six, and then you drop down the ball state at seven and nine central Michigan, six and 10, or excuse me, uh, Miami, six and 10, and then central Michigan, five and nine. And, and on downward, I mean, the divide is just so great. So even if you make it to Cleveland, you're going to face long odds to get a win um, there at, at the quick loans, uh, you know, rocket mortgage, whatever it's called now, but boy, I mean, Central Michigan, they had their hot streak. They've taken a step back. I mean, you look at these teams who are competing for it. Uh, you know, Central Michigan's lost five. Northern Illinois has lost two in a row. Bowling Green has lost five. The only one kind of in that picture who's on a win streak is Eastern Michigan with one win. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it is, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I personally, and this isn't the, the, you know, degree in me talking, I think Eastern Michigan has probably the most talent, you know, mm-hmm. with Noah Farrakhan and, and some of the guys they got, but they, they've been very hot and cold, very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, we've been bullish on Northern Illinois. We kind of felt that they would figure it out, you know, and they, they've shown it in very limited fashion. I, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, Bowling Green, if you look at the schedule has Western Michigan, you know, coming up. So that's somewhat of a bye week I mean, not, not a, you know, not a bye yeah, week yeah. But, you know, like a little bit of an easier path, but Eastern Michigan also has, um, Western Michigan. So, you know, those are kind of some of the things where you have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat at this point. 
Yeah, I totally agree. The thing I look at, my my analysis of that is, you know, I'm I'm looking at the remaining schedule of these teams. Like, you know, we got uh, Northern Illinois sitting in in uh, ninth right now, a game out, and they you know, their last four games, they got two games against Buffalo, one against Kent State, one against Ohio. I don't see Northern Illinois making it because of that. But then you look at a team like Miami. You know, they're um, they're at the top of this heap right now, and you know they're all the way up in seventh. They're six and ten in the conference. But a lot of uh, key games here coming up for them. You got two against Central Michigan and one against Eastern Michigan. So three games against these teams you're you know you're battling for these last two spots with. So that that's going to be a pretty. I think those games between those teams right there will be pretty uh, pivotal to to determining this uh, the picture here. This was honestly what I'm really looking forward to watching these last couple of weeks. I'm really curious to see who gets the seven and eight seed. I agree with you, Vanzi. They're not gonna. I mean, you're you're gonna be playing likely Toledo or Ohio in the first round. I don't see any of those teams in that picture knocking off the, the Bobcats or the Rockets there on day one in Cleveland. One uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on here, Vanzi, uh, before we take a look at the week ahead here. But there's a couple teams that have had a little bit of turmoil here over the last couple weeks. Akron, Brian Trimble was placed on a leave of absence. Uh, Seemed, seemed there wasn't a lot of ton of info that came out about it. it seemed like it must have been just disciplinary reasons and then at bowling green uh even worse myron gordon and joe reese both dismissed from the team by coach michael huger second and third leading scorers respectively for the falcons both of these teams have not been playing well van- right recently vansy bowling green on a you know a five game losing streak right now and Akron had a couple of, of poor performances uh, there here in the last two weeks as well. They've won, bounced back and won their last two, but I mean, losses at, you know, back-to-back games against Western Michigan and Northern Illinois certainly pointed to, you know, some type of turmoil within that team. These two, uh, you know, I don't know, Vanzi, these are like, these are the types of teams here, you know, if I'm thinking about Akron going into the conference tournament with, uh, you know, some, some issues, some chemistry issues, locker room issues, whatever it is, uh, not, not the way you want to be going into the tournament with Bowling Green. It seems just things are going from bad to worse. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of wonder, um, you know, in a situation like Bowling Green, I mean, I, I don't know what happened with these players. I couldn't even begin to speculate. I would hate to speculate. But you just have to kind of wonder, you know, like it was the, the, you know, whatever these issues were, were they present before they started losing, you know, these games mm-hmm. or was the season kind of becoming lost, you know, a factor, you know, like when you start losing games, maybe guys don't toe the line as much, um, you know, start acting out, maybe take shortcuts, whatever it may be. Um, so you have to wonder, but the but there is got to be a concern there with the culture. If that's something you're seeing where you have guys, you know, being dismissed for whatever the reason is, um, you know, right before March, I mean, Bowling Green, as you said, is still in the mix to go to Cleveland. And now you have this Um, Akron, you know, Hey, you know, they've, they've won two in a row. Um, They're just, they're kind of in the picture, but you know, they're, I, I would, they're clearly the fifth best team in the Mac. Um, I thought they were going to be a little bit better. Um, you know, I like John Gross, um, but, you know, Kent State has kind of made that run that I think we thought Akron would have. And, you know, and, and, and let's be clear, when you have a have a leave of absence, it's a little bit different than what you have at Bowling Green, because when yeah. you have a leave of yeah. absence, it could be. Yeah, I, I want to be clear on that. It could be a variety of different things. Be, and yeah, we certainly totally hope that you're, 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 you're exactly certainly right. hope that. We hope that Mr. Trimble is okay. Totally agree. 
totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. We got uh, Akron with three games left here: Ohio, Ball State, Central Michigan. We'll see how see how they finish up. That you know, it's crazy to think. You know, they sit at eleven and six. Uh, all they would have had to do, you know, those two games last uh, two weeks against Western Michigan and Northern Illinois, just back to back, very poor performances for the Zips. And you'd think, you know, you win those two games, you're sitting at thirteen and five. You're up there, you know, you're a game back instead of three games back. So, yeah, it's certainly uh, a couple teams to monitor as we come down the stretch here. Let's take a look at the the schedule this week, Vanzi. Uh, a lot of we we mentioned the storylines already. You got that battle at the top, the top four. See if Kent State can catch one of the top two, and then you got that battle from you know seven through eleven, battling for those last couple spots. Uh, with those two kind of storylines in mind here, any games this week that you got your eyes on? Anything that's kind of you know catches out your you know jumps out at you? Well, you know, I kind of already mentioned some that are battling kind of towards the, the, you know, mid back of the pack or whatever you want to call it here uh, to get to Cleveland. So I don't want to focus on that too much more, but I think we got a couple of games, you know, Akron at Ohio. I have that one start. I think that's uh, going to be an interesting matchup. Two of the top five teams in the Mid-American Conference, um, you know, and it's at Ohio. That's going to be tough for Akron, but I think that'll be a good game. Um, again, one of those Friday night Mac specials. I really like how they do that. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, Toledo at Buffalo. I mean, let's go. I mean, Buffalo's red hot. Toledo's taking a step back. This will tell us a lot about what we're getting into once we get to Cleveland and the home of the, the Cavaliers and everything that went on. Uh, you know, with the NBA All-Star game. So now, you know, that that just kind of set the stage for the MAC tournament. And this game, Toledo at Buffalo, will continue to set that stage. That's right. Yeah, the, the whole um, – everything surrounding the, you know, NBA All-Star weekend, that was a, a nice uh, a nice warm-up for the city. And, you know, take, let the MAC come in and, and really kind of drive it home, you know. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree. You picked some good games there, Vansy. I think Akron, Ohio on Friday for sure. And that, that Buffalo-Toledo Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, that's appointment television for me. I really want to see how the Bulls and their size match up with the Rockets and, you know, their their great guard play. But, you know, I think the, the games I'm interested in this week, I'm, I'm really interested in that 7 through 11 uh, race we got going on. And I mentioned a couple minutes ago, you got Central Michigan and Miami playing twice this week. They're playing in Oxford. Uh here actually tonight uh tipping off here as we record and then on tuesday night next week uh they got the return trip with the uh red hawks going up to mount pleasant so a lot to to monitor here in men's hoops this week when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Vanzi, let's move on to the women's side, and now let's let's approach this the same way. We'll take a look at the standings here, kind of reacquaint ourselves after uh, taking the week off last week. But uh, is there some some uh, interesting movement here? Some great games over the last couple of weeks, Vanzi. And you look at, uh, you know, Kent State had their win streak broken, as did Ball State, the two hot teams that we talked about last week, and. Um, but they, they both have bounced back here over the last uh, couple of days. Ball State's won their last two. Kent State won last night. Kent State's sitting at 9-8. and eight. Ball State's sitting at 9-7. and seven. They've started to – those teams have kind of risen up to the top uh, top of the heap here. Not the top of the heap, but into the top 
echelon here behind Toledo and Buffalo. What do you think? Anything on your on the women's side here that uh, any major storylines or anything that catches your attention here as you look at the standings, Vanzi? Well, I mean, you just got some clear, you know, separation here. I mean, just looking at it, you know, Toledo 16 and one in the conference. What a great, you know, season, a great run for them, 22 and four overall. Um, but then, you know, you look at it, they've won eight in a row. Buffalo, the second best team in the Mac, has won three in a row. Akron, you know, they've won their last game. And then you got, you know, two wins in a row for Ball State, a win for Kent State, two wins for Northern Illinois. And then after that, you know, it just cascades on down. You got eight straight losses for Central Michigan. Who thought, of, I mean, who would have seen that coming this yeah. year? You know, with the tradition there, you got four straight losses for Miami. You got three straight losses for Western. I mean, Western, we we're kind of slow to buy in on. And it's almost like once we bought in, they said, hey, this is great. They finally bought in and they just, you know, it just kind of the bottom fell out there in Kalamazoo. So, uh, you know, looking at that, uh, just clear separation. And again, I think it sets up where it's going to be very tough for any of these teams lower in the conference to make a run at a victory in Cleveland, just because you have such separation um, on the two sides, you know, the team that I, I think Bowling Green, I think they're, they're sneaky. I mean, I think Ohio, Ohio, I think, you know, I, uh, at points in the season, I would have been surprised that they were on the Cleveland bubble Western. I think we would have been surprised Bowling Green, you know, they, they had a great season a year ago. I I'm surprised that they're, they're on that bubble. But I, I, honestly, on the women's side of things, there's just too many good teams. I mean, you go up and down their overall records. I mean, Kent State is nine and eight in a conference, seventeen and nine overall. You know, I mean, yeah. and then Western fourteen and twelve, Bowling Green thirteen and thirteen, Ohio fourteen and eleven. Those are teams that are good teams battling to get to Cleveland. Yeah, it's uh, it's you make some great points, and yeah, you 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 know you talk about Western Michigan. We we really kind of talked them up, and, and they were playing really well there for a couple weeks. But it's it's been a tough stretch here uh, over the last couple uh, weeks for the Broncos, two and six in their last eight, as they now sit eight and nine in the conference. But I, you another team that you talked about briefly, Vanzi, that I wanted to touch on and just expand upon a little bit is I think you got to look at Akron as one of the best stories in the Mac this year on either side of the fence. I mean, the zips last season, four and 14 in the conference, seven and 14 overall, not a great year for the zips. They turn around this year though. They're sitting in third place right now, 11 and six in the conference, 14 and nine overall. This has been a great turnaround story for, for the zips this year. And, you know, you look at their roster, you got Jordan Dawson, 22 points a game, one of the best scores. And I think she's third in the Mac and score scoring right now and she's also giving you nine almost 10 rebounds a game 9.9 rebounds a game so basically averaging a double double every night for the zips and you got a player like that vanzi that you're always going to have a shot it's similar to dash affair at up at buffalo right but with with uh with jordan dawson i mean such a dominating presence in the paint anytime you have that i mean it gives you a, it gives you a, a chance every night yeah, and, and when you have, you know, that go-to player, and, and that's why I think they can make a run in Cleveland, you know, I think when you have that go-to player, it just opens up so many different options, so many, you know, uh, you have that player who when you need a bucket late in the game, you know, or, or, or to cut a run earlier in the game, whatever it takes, you know, once you can go to that, you have that one player, you can win almost any game. And I think that's what they got going, um, you know, you know, to be 11 and six, 14 and nine, you know, tremendous season for them. Not something you hear too often out of that program. So it's good to see some parody and another school getting a piece of the pie. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, man, you look at Jordan Dawson's numbers for the season. She leads the zips in points, rebounds, assists, and steals, Vansy. I mean, that I mean, that's pretty, pretty incredible. She's, you know, shooting 44% from the field, 34% from three-point land, 22 points, basically 10 rebounds a game. I mean, a really, really fantastic talent. A lot of people people talk about, you know, CeCe Hooks from Ohio or Deasha Fair from Buffalo, and with good reason. But I mean, my goodness, Jordan Dawson, what she's doing this season for the zips is is really special special and you, you got you know we gotta gotta appreciate that certainly a worthy of a, a first team all mac uh, performance this year uh you you know so we'll, i want to do a similar exercise uh, to what we did on the men's side here vans because it's it's a little bit different in terms of the the, the actual numbers but it's very similar in concept this kind of log jam we have in the middle of the standings here. You got, you know, two teams. You got, we got, well, let's, let's look here. 12th, 11th, 10th. Yeah, we got Bowling Green and Western Michigan tied for eighth at eight and nine. Kent State and Northern Illinois tied for fifth at nine and eight. Ball State's in, in uh, fourth right now, only at nine and seven. So you got a, a game and a half separating fourth and ninth right now in the conference. Do, do, is there anyone here you feel like you're going to be on the outside looking in at the end of that? Uh, you know, we talked about Western Michigan has kind of been fading here recently. Ohio has kind of been, you know, on and off. They've lost their last time out. Anyone here that you feel like might uh, end up dropping out of things? Well, again, just tremendous parity, you know, to have, you know, those teams at the top. And then you got so many teams who still have something to play this late into the season. I think that's very cool to see, um, you know, man, it's, it's so tough. Kent was so good, you know, in a non-conference Bowling Green was so good last season. Western Michigan was so good earlier this season. So I think if I got to pick one, that's going to be left out. I'm going Northern Illinois, you know, yeah. and, and I have a hard time with that because they've shown some things, but I think Kent state, if they can find what they had early on in the season, you got to go with them Bowling Green. You know, I love the job that their coach has done Freilich there. Um, you know, not the best season, but in also Western Michigan with uh, coach Klipfel, um, they have had a very good season up until late. So I, I think when you look at those, the one that just kind of, you know, that I would have expected about a month ago to be in this situation is Northern Illinois. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, they got uh, games against Ball State and Toledo coming up here. They're next to both on the road as well. So the schedule not doing them any, any favors. Yeah, I, I, how, what you were saying, though, that's kind of how I feel about Western Michigan. I feel like they, they've been playing really well or they were playing really well, you know, back around in the holidays and into January. But these last couple of weeks just not 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 have have not been kind to the Broncos. Man, I can't speak tonight. Like I said earlier, two and six for the Broncos in the last eight. So we'll see what happens there. They uh, they also, though, you know, they got through their next three games. They got Central Michigan and the Eastern Michigan twice, which those are all games you think they would be favored to win. So perhaps, uh, you know, while the schedule wasn't doing any favors for uh, Northern Illinois, uh, certainly a little bit more manageable for the Broncos. Any uh, games you're looking forward to this week, Vansy? We got some uh, some good matchups, uh, some teams at the top of the conference, some of the hotter teams in the conference. Uh, they've been playing really well lately. Anything you got circled either on Saturday this weekend or you know in the next week? Well, I thought one of I, I thought this was interesting. You know, you have Monday Eastern Michigan at Western Michigan, then they turn around and they play again Wednesday uh, yeah. Eastern Michigan at West. You know, so just that that quick turnaround back to back. You don't see that too often, so that was kind of unique. 
Um, you know, and, and then also on Saturday, you have Central Michigan, Western Michigan. So Western Michigan is just going to have a week full of playing in-state opponents. Um, so that's kind of interesting there. But I like Akron at Ohio on Saturday. I thought that was a good game to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and then Northern Illinois at Toledo. I know that one seems mm. a little odd, but, you know, if, if, if you're going to have a chance to not only make the, the conference tournament in Cleveland, but to potentially win a game, what a better measuring stick than going up against Toledo at Savage Arena or Savage Hall, whatever they call it nowadays. And I think that'll be a good test for them. Um, you know, I think if, if they win that game, you know, you can probably put them down as a team that to be one of those four that make it to Cleveland out of that group. Yeah, definitely some good picks there. The one I'd have, I'd say I have circled at the top of my list in terms of just implications of, uh, you know, we were talking just a couple minutes ago about who's going to get left out from Cleveland. You got two of the teams in that mix, Kent and Bowling Green, taking uh, taking the court next Wednesday in Bowling Green at the Stroh Center, 7 o'clock tip there. I feel like the winner of that game going to put themselves in pretty good position to feel pretty good about going, you know, that they're going to make it to the conference tournament. The loser of that game, though, not so much. I feel like they might be on the outside looking in. I don't know. We'll see how this last uh, two weeks play out here as we uh, move towards the end of the season in the conference tournament in Cleveland there in the second week of March. Vansy, let's uh, close out the show here this week with Real a little quick. bit of baseball talk because uh, it was first week in a baseball, college baseball here over the last week. Had some uh, interesting matchups in the MAC and some teams that performed really well uh, going down south, going out west. So uh, I'll just let's keep it general here to kick it off. Any any general impressions, major takeaways, things you saw here uh, that caught your attention over the first weekend of the, the baseball season? Well, yeah, I just I want to say, um, you know, good for Bowling Green Baseball. This is a program, you know, that they, uh, you know, I think two years ago now they look to cut. You know, yeah. they actually said, hey, we're going to do away with this. They're now two and one. Um, they beat up on, uh, on St. Louis. So maybe St. Louis just isn't good um, this season, but, uh, you know, you look at the conference players of the week, they have the offensive player of the week. Uh, they got a, a co, you know, relief pitcher of the week, um, two and one for a program that was, you know, getting ready to get cut. One of those games, they beat up on St. Louis 22 to eight. So that's pretty, pretty impressive there. Um, good to see that from Bowling Green. Now the flip side of that is the entire conference on Saturday <laughs> overall, yeah, that was wow. Overall, the conference was one in 14. Um, give a shout out to Miami. You know, they were the, the, the one that got a victory for the conference one in 14, but, but the Mac, you know, looked good on Friday and on Sunday, Saturday, just, just wasn't good. Um, another result that stood out to me, Kent state over coastal Carolina, coastal Carolina, um, coastal had won the college world series a couple of years ago. They're a very good program. Kent state's also been to the college world series. They've been kind of that darling, you know, of the Mac too. So I think that was good to see. And I mean, what, you know, I don't know what was going on in this Western Michigan Bradley game. I mean, Bowling green put up 22 runs, you know, against St. Louis, and St. Louis put up eight, but that was very one-sided. This Western Michigan Bradley game, I mean, nineteen seventeen. I mean, it yeah. sounds like a very good year, you know. I mean, nineteen <laughs> seventeen. I mean, it's you know that's a football score um, there. So I, I don't know if they just brought out a pitching machine or a tee or what happened in that one. Yeah, that's one that jumped out to me too. I, I think. But I also, you know, you, you touched on Saturday, man. Some, I felt like that was a day where there were some games on the calendar where it felt like this was a game where the Mac can kind of prove themselves here, but you got, you know, ball state, 
gets boat raced by Iowa, 11 to one West Virginia beats Kent state eight to three, uh, you know, just really not any great results. You know, coastal Carolina knocks off central Michigan, eight, eight to four central Michigan Vanzi with a, a tough weekend to open up the season, the presumptive Mac favorites, Oh, and three on the opening weekend mentioned the loss to, to coastal Carolina, 10, nothing on, uh, or excuse me, eight to four on Saturday. That was sandwiched between two losses to, to West Virginia, 13 to eight on Friday, 10, nothing on Sunday. Fancy. I know it's a long season. I know it's just the first year, but, or the first weekend, but are you, are you concerned at all by what you saw from the Chippewas? No, I'm not going to be concerned, but I just think, you know, like, and for those who aren't familiar with college baseball, how it sets up most weekends is you have your Friday night starter, who's usually your ace. And then you have your Saturday night starter, who's your number two. And then in the midweek, you have lesser pitchers. So what's surprising is Central Michigan with their outstanding starting rotation, you know, wasn't able to find a victory on the weekend, having those type of pitchers, you know, and uh, so th- there is obviously some concern, but they were playing very good programs. I think when you see that, that central Michigan loss to coastal Carolina, I think you got to, you know, really kind of raise your eyebrows at Kent state, you know, what yeah. kind of program does Kent state have? Um, because I think a lot of people said, oh, okay, it's going to be central. It's going to be ball state. Then it's going to be Kent state. Well, I'm, you're kind of looking now like, Hey, maybe there is something there at Kent state very early, um, you know, and in the preseason information for college baseball just isn't the same as college football or college basketball. Um, so, you know, we're going to be kind of filling it out, especially the first few weeks here, just kind of see what teams are actually legit. Yeah, I, I, you, you are absolutely right about that. And I, I feel like, a lot, you know, in a situation like this, oftentimes, you know, your players, there's going to be players that emerge out of nowhere that you didn't expect and that are going to catch us off guard. One of those players, you mentioned that, you know, the, the players and the pitchers of the week. Well, how about uh, Adam Falinski, pitcher for, me, for Eastern Michigan? The third, he's the third starter for the Eagles, goes, takes them out on Sunday night, seven innings, two hits, zero runs against Winthrop, gets the, the Eagles their first uh, win of the season, six to nothing. Vanzi. It's Adam Felinski. It sounds like you might have something on your hands here uh, there in Ypsilanti. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm trying to, trying to buy a Jersey, uh, to wear the, <laughs> you know, but, uh, no, a great outstanding performance. And what's kind of interesting about that is this is someone that you didn't really hear a lot of buzz. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, in, in the coach's room or anything like that, but you know, Nick Chittum, um, he was a high recruit, you know, the COVID year where they only had five rounds of the MLB draft. And then you got, you know, Wagner and you, and you got the house brothers and, you know, all these guys who, you know, you read about, or you hear about it and you think, man, they might have some solid pitching. And then there's Adam Felinski who comes in and he just does a tremendous job, uh, you know, and in his first outing outstanding performance for him. And, and it was a good week. Uh, and I, I do want to say uh, Eastern Michigan's got a new pitching coach, Aaron Hilt um, came aboard. So that's good for him. Want to give him credit where credit is due, but really some good pitching performance. I mean, you look at Kyle Jones, 10 strikeouts for Toledo, Jonathan brand, who's going to be a very high MLB draft pick, probably the first five or 10 rounds, you know, he had 10 strikeouts of his own. So that's uh, you know, there is a lot of talent there. Certainly. And you just mentioned a couple of those names, guys that we're definitely gonna have to keep our eyes on uh, as the season progresses. Uh, so Vanzi, let's uh, hear the week ahead here, this upcoming weekend. Uh, we got some, some more, you know, some more instances of, you know, teams heading south, 
Uh, see, it looks like, you know, some Mac teams here being brave. We talked about it a little bit last week. Some, uh, we got a couple home games, uh, here this week, although I guess it's just really Miami taking on Ryder, uh, three games this weekend in Oxford. They had their game. They had a home game scheduled actually for Tuesday of this week against Indiana, which ended up getting canceled. But, uh, there's some, some, some big opportunities here, Vanzi, uh, some, some big names in terms of opponents on this list here. Uh, any series this weekend, you're going to be keeping your eyes on. Well, I, I do want to just kind of point out that Miami is the southernmost MAC school, so they are ah. kind of they are probably the closest that the MAC has to the SEC. Balmy um, Southeast Ohio in February. Yes, yes <laughs> Oxford, Oxford. Let me give a shout out to uh, Brick Street, the wonderful uh, you know bar that is down there. But um, yeah, so when I look at the games coming up, you know, boy, there's some real tough tasks, and that's that's what I want to see, but. Western Michigan at Kentucky, you know, yeah. Kentucky usually has a good program. Western Michigan, Billy Garand, the head coach there, they've done some good things. Akron at Georgia, you know, good for Akron, you know, coming back uh, their first full season. They got a win last week. Georgia is a very good program there. Um, Kent, uh, you know, going to Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a yearly college World Series challenger lately. Um, so those are going to be some tall tasks. Uh, for those programs. And really, I do want to know, like, you're not, I mean, you are looking to sweep those series if you are a Mac school, but really the big thing in college baseball you hear a lot about is you want the series wins, you know, can you win two out of three? Um, because it, it's just a different dynamic. It's not football where you're playing once a week. It's not basketball where you're playing twice a week. You're playing the same team three times uh, typically. So, you know, if you can get a series win, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, totally agree with you there. Those are those are the ones I'm really interested in. I, you know, especially that Kent Texas Tech series. You know, because you mentioned how you know Kent State with that win over uh, Coastal Carolina. You know, maybe the best win of the weekend for for the MAC. And then you take a look at the, you know this is a like a really opportunity for them to kind of prove that that wasn't a fluke. I mean, you look at Texas Tech. This is a program they've been to the College World Series four times in the last eight years, going back to 2014. So. Definitely an opportunity for uh, for the Golden Flashes uh, going down to uh, to Lubbock in the on the plains of West Texas there this weekend. Uh, Vansy, what do you think about Eastern Michigan going down to Tennessee Tech uh, down there in in the Bible Belt? How do you feel about the Eagles' chances this weekend? Well, you know, I, I think when you look at what they're doing at EMU, they're just you know they're getting some some talent in there. Um, they actually have the leading hitter Matt Kirk. Uh, you know, Tennessee Tech, though, that's a that's a program, you know, you don't hear too much um, about some of these smaller programs, but that's a program that's been coming on. I know they got a, a hot, you know, rising young coach. So that'll be a challenge um, there for Eastern Michigan. But I think, you know, you saw that with Felinski, you know, you see it with some of their pitching. I think they have enough pitching where they can challenge at a lot of these non-conference games going to be interesting we'll have to keep our eye on that one this weekend a lot of interesting series this weekend though you know we mentioned uh you know some west western man i can't talk tonight western michigan kentucky akron georgia kent texas tech central michigan western kentucky that's one i'm interested to see how the chippewas bounce back this weekend as well any final thoughts here for the good of the people uh vansy yeah one thing i i just you know i don't know what we're doing i mean you look at it and there's the there's no spring training baseball 
Yeah. And you would think that college baseball would be on a lot of channels, people jonesing for their baseball, a great opportunity to grow the game. I saw one on the ACC network, one on the SEC network. I would have thought it would be on all the ESPN channels at some point. There is some big week, you know, first weekend matchup and they just didn't play. It. You know, I mean, put them on TV, not ESPN three or ESPN plus. I mean, people missed their baseball i would have thought there would have been more on the television um greater opportunities to follow the sport to grow the sport disappointed that there's not you know that's a really good point i hadn't thought about that you know with, with no spring training right now and you know uh no spring baseball yeah i i hadn't even considered that thought but you're right i do feel like there is kind of a market there that college baseball could fill and you know give us uh, you know give people that baseball fix and, and kind of fill that void so Hopefully, the MLB gets everything figured out here soon. I, I'm excited to watch the Pirates lose 100 games this year. So, um, you know, that's uh, we're all we're all waiting for that. We're all waiting for that for sure. But anyway, that'll wrap it up for us, us this week, folks, on the bandwagon. This has been episode 85. As always, thanks for stopping by. Have a great weekend. Have a great week next week, and we'll see you back here next Friday.